0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon Dement,
1: And I'm Julian Taylor.
0: And welcome to our podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast, Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm glad that uh, you're able to join us. Look forward to talking and getting back with these conversations. With me now, as you heard, hopefully, is Julian Taylor. We have swapped our American podcast partner now for my dear friend Julian here. Julian, would you like to say anything? Thank
1: you, Langdon. Um, I suppose it's a bit of an awkward feeling here. I feel like a bit of an imposter, really on two counts. First of all, I've let my hair grow a bit too long, so the hair's growing a bit bit longer these days, so I'm gonna have to work on that. But secondly, people have got used to our our colleague Paul being here, Um, and it's a bit like when you watch a TV series or you watch a film, um, or a film series, and you get used to an actor, don't you? So I think about James Bond. I think about Matt Damon in the Bourne film. So it's Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt Damon. Strange guy I've never seen before. And it feels awkward, doesn't it? But, you know, then
0: Matt Damon came back. So this time, Jules is here to stay, though, everyone. So don't worry.
1: I was going to say, so you're suggesting here that (laughs) I might have a fairly short podcasting (laughs) career ahead of me. By no means.
0: We're going to start this new cadence. We're going to keep it rolling. We're going truly international now. And that's why we have... Broaden from just an American to now an American bald guy and a British bald guy,
1: and in reality, safety. Actually, there's a lot of similarities. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. There's lots of similarities, so that's that's going to work well. I think it'd be good to intro sort of talk a bit about how we know each other. So we've worked together for a couple of years now, and and I've got to talk about the first time first first time I really worked together with Langdon, and we were doing a webinar, um, and. I hadn't sort of gauged, I hadn't really got to know his wacky sense of humour by then. So I thought thought we've got this fairly serious guy I'm working with here and we're doing this webinar. And, and and on a webinar, we'll have questions coming through and we can see the questions and we can decide which questions we're going to use in the webinar. So we've got these serious questions coming through from these safety professionals. And then all of a sudden, this question comes through and I nearly fell off my chair. Um, and 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 the question was, when did Billy Bob Thornton give up acting and become a safety professional? And I think it was intimating that Langdon has a resemblance to Billy Bob Thornton. And, and, and the option was, do I ignore this rather jovial question or do I ask it? And I thought, no, dang it, Let, let's just go with it. Cause I've got a wacky sense of humor. So I asked the question on the webinar, when did Billy Bob Thornton give up acting to become a safety professional.
0: You know, and it honestly, it takes a lot for me to really get caught off guard. And I'd seen the question come through and I too, probably relatively recently times thought that it was sabotage. I assumed that you or a previous counterpart had actually set that up and it was come to find out that that was not the case at all. Um, it was reality. So I'm I assuming it probably more than the appearance Cause he's not bald. It's more my Southern dialect. The way I talk, I have a feeling. So um, I'm, I'm assuming that was a, someone from overseas and not a fellow American that said that, but maybe, you know,
1: I, I have to say, and, and I have discussed this with Langdon is that actually I, I'm, I'm more sort of leaning towards Jim Carrey and Dumber and Dumber. But um We'll we'll maybe do one of the podcasts dressed up in the the blue and the the tangerine tuxes in the future. That would be maybe something we'll we'll save up. I think
0: that's fair, yeah.
1: Today's a bit of a rarity, isn't it? Because I'm normally based in the best bit of the UK, which is obviously the north of England. Um, Langdon's normally based...
0: Just south of Nashville, Tennessee, where um, my home office in Spring Hill, Tennessee. But we're here together today for a special occasion.
1: And it's always great to get together. So we do, we don't really need many excuses. Sometimes there's golf courses and pizza parlors involved. But 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 this week it's been ASSP here in Chicago. So being a Brit, I, I need to go to, to London here to explain really what ASSP is all about.
0: Yeah, so it was fantastic. If uh, if you had the opportunity to join this year, it was you know I was interested honestly to see what it was going to be like because. I'd attended a conference at the end of last year and it it wasn't back in full force by any means had gone to an industrial hygiene conference earlier this year. And it was, it was coming around. So it was, I was super excited to see what was going to take place at ASSP this year. And the crowds were great. It seemed like it was, um, it was coming back to reality to a certain extent. And I don't know that, uh, I don't know that that will continue to go forward, but what, what are your thoughts on it? It, it? It was good being back with, with people again at I, I think
1: it's great that's that's the bit of bit of what I do that I love is actually people it's and getting to meet lots of different people and talk about the different things that they do that's the thing that, that is is really interesting and and it, it was a, it was a good place to be there was a good footfall um, we've had some really interesting conversations haven't we but you know but before we get serious on a yeah.
0: conversation I think there's something we need to discuss here. Jules did a test today. Finally, he, he'd never been able to do it before. And he did a mock scenario of putting out a fire. W- would you like to tell how that went first time around? Yeah, I've got to say there's a bit
1: of a pun involved here, but I crashed and burned. He
0: crashed and burned. The fire was not
1: put out, but he completely
0: extinguished the fire extinguisher. So the mock scenario,
1: we didn't make it, but he got to do it again and i didn't crash and burn i thought it was really what was really interesting though i thought it was great langdon is i mean i'm a gadget man i love you know i love gadgets what a gadget to have to train your people on on fire safety so and and again it was interesting wasn't it because you didn't just grab an extinguisher and try and put the fire out you had to go and you had to trigger the alarm you had to ring nine one one, or if you're in the uk you'd ring 999 um so you had to, to sort of tell people and, and make sure that the right response happened. Um, but then you could use this sort of digital fire extinguisher on, on a mock flame to practice then trying to put out a, a fire if it wasn't too large. Um, so it was all about muscle memory, but it was a great gadget. I almost wanted to take one home with me cause I thought, yeah, I could play with this for hours. Yep. It's
0: yep. fun. It's, you know, and it's good to be back and just having those conversations with everyone with peers, um, fortunately, so, so my role is still the same, a global EHS, and Joel's likewise um, is works on a global stand. So it's good to see different perspectives when we are, are able to attend sessions, attend conferences, uh, just to see kind of the differences and have those conversations with everyone. So kind of shifting, I know historically we're going to, it's going to be in a similar fashion to what we have done on the podcast always like to keep it a little lively, keep it a little fun, and then we get serious as as much as I can. So we don't plan on changing that. But what are some thoughts that you have, Jules, for
1: for some conversations you had with everyone? I I thought it was really interesting, Langdon, because we've had, the whole world's had a bit of a a, a respite from shows because of something that's been happening over the last couple of years. Um, But the conversations haven't changed, have they? So a lot of the conversations that we've had this week are very similar to the sort of conversations that we've had over the last few years. So people are still looking to try and do the same things and improve the same things. Um, so we talked about engagement. A lot of people were talking about how can we get better at engagement. I have to say I had an interesting conversation though, Langdon that kind of challenged me because my children, are my kids are grown up. And, and B, they've changed the way that they describe it, the years of, uh, in, in a school. So it used to be one, two, three, four. That was pretty easy for my brain to be able to comprehend. Now they talk about grades, so like grade f- fifth grade or sixth grade. And I have no comprehension about how old that is. But the reason I'm talking about schools and grades was because I had a really great conversation with, with one lady and we were talking about, I said to her, sort of, how would you sort of rate engagement with safety in your organization? And she went, "Mm, it's not bad. It's probably about fifth grade. And I I had to stand there and and look knowledgeable. um, But I thought it was a great way we could actually start to use this, couldn't we, as, as a way of grading engagement with health and safety by aligning it to school years. I just need to work out where the grades start and I need to work out what age relates to what grade.
0: Yeah. And that's an interesting one because really fifth grade is kind of low. Yeah. I don't mean that a negative, but you know, it goes all the way to 12 and then you have continuing. So
1: that is an interesting, that's an interesting But but I think think it's great because I think it's great when people are realistic. Yeah, for sure. If if people are realistic about where they are with safety, that's a great place to be. They can start to say, right, what's the strategy what are we going to do to to make it better? What are we going to do to get people more engaged with safety?
0: And, you know, that seemed like a common thread that was interesting to hear. Even with a lot of the sessions, it was very much, you know, you had the themes of what what can we do to be better? What are different aspects of improvement and, and looking at processes? But then there were some that were still that, you know, specific aspect of how to do incident investigation better, whatever it is. And I think, To me, it's always reflective of we still have the same issues that sometimes we are getting better and sometimes we're not. What can we really do? And that's where it gets so dependent on where is each organization? And that's something that we work hard on trying to establish a maturity of our own. You know, just everybody has their own levels. But where can someone really start improving But by understanding where they are to begin with? And to me you know when i think about it again it, it was great but just getting that understanding of there's a common thread here that really we haven't changed there's nothing too groundbreaking which not that i was you know anticipating such but it's still that basic what what can we do what are areas that we can make tweaks to improve
1: yeah i mean the, the, there's lots of things that we talked about i was thinking i was just thinking there as you were talking maybe we, we could do a bit of an exercise in the background and we'll bring it back to you later is that we'll take the classic maturity curve and we'll put the school grades against the, against the maturity curve. And we can start to then sort of use that as our new measure. Um, I, I thought a couple, one of the most sort of, sort of common threads that started to come out, which I thought was really interesting Langdon was, was actually this recognition and thought around the way that we, we train our people, but, but but also more importantly know that they've understood what it is that, that we've been trying to train them. So the, the classic is things like toolbox talks, or what do you call them in the U S toolbox, toolbox yeah. talks. Okay. Yeah. So, so the classic where, where we, we do a toolbox talks, So start of a shift, we do a toolbox talk, maybe on something like the use of, of knives, something like that. Um, and I must've been asked, I don't know, I, I forget how many times, but thousands, hundreds of times, can we have some way of signing to show that somebody was at the toolbox talk and i kind of always just shrug my shoulders and go what's the value in a signature yeah. because it doesn't prove that somebody's necessarily understood the toolbox talk and and i'm starting to see a shift in terms of the conversations that people are coming to us and having around actually changing the way that we train so let's stop taking people away from the workplace stop taking them maybe into a classroom or or to sit and do an e-learning session? And how can we do something that's more at the point of work so actually we, we get that, get somebody to go through the training and then immediately put it into practice? Um, and and it, because the problem we've, we've had in the past is we disassociate the training from the activity. Um, and, and again, in, in my mind, the way to sort of really think about this is I've been trained, I've, I've done at least, I would say at least four pretty comprehensive excel courses and i'm still absolutely useless at excel and and i get to the point of trying to do something in excel and my brain's saying you know you can do this and you know there's a way to do this but i can't quite remember how to do it and again i don't even experience that okay so there you go yeah okay so but it's a dangerous place to be isn't it um so the more point at work we can make things the better And, and it's great to hear safety professionals sort of Asking that question and starting to to want to do that,
0: you know, and it's, it, I think, to that same point, you're right. It's it's still that common theme of how can every organization just fine tune their own issues, their own problems, yeah. to rectify that, to actually show improvement. And yeah. what does that look like? And you know, we always go through the same thing, and it, it's with that training. And we always expect when if an incident happens, you know, let's give more training because yeah. they missed it the first time, evidently. Um, and that's the curious thing is how are we really looking at a, an element of training, an element of learning, of really wanting to improve, and also who are we putting in those roles? And that's where, you know, a lot of times some of our, the people we focus on so much is the frontline supervisors. And if you ever really stop and think about the frontline supervisor, a lot of times what we've done is taken our best welder or our best person and put them in that role. So we have put the best person in a new role, assuming that they're going to succeed in that and assuming that they are the best to then be a manager and help empower others. And it's just that kind of same issue we hit, how can we continue to improve? How can we learn? How can we help them actually get better? And I think those are some questions now we can start looking and start really thinking, what could we have done differently to show that improvement? Um, and I, I do think learning is an excellent
1: opportunity. And, and I mean, my background is is in training, prior prior to sort of coming into sort of the safety side of things. And um, w- one of the really the most important things to think about is, is not just training. It's then how do we reinforce that? Um, and, and again, to your point, Langdon, I think I think you're absolutely right. And and every industry does it. They take the people who are best at doing something and make them managers. And actually oftentimes they don't equip them to be managers. Um, and, and, and something that we, we've, we've really sort of focused on within our business is coaching. Um, and I had a conversation with a, with a guy who was sort of quite prominent in safety in the UK, not too long ago, I told him about the things we were doing with coaching our managers to coach and then coaching the people. And he was like, wow, that's, that is, that is fantastic. Why aren't we doing that in safety? So again, that's something we can talk about moving forwards. We can talk about sort of how do we train people most effectively, but also then how do we reinforce it? And, and again, another sort of step on top of that, and the bit you know I'm passionate about is, is leadership. Yep. So actually what are our leaders doing when they go to visit a facility, when they go to visit a team or a department, actually to show that safety is important and to reinforce what's being said to people around safety and around the behaviors that we're looking for.
0: Yeah. And, and I think to that, even thinking, how can we create champions? Yeah. And what is the champion? Who yeah. can be that champion in the organization? And, and that's a lot of times where we get so caught up because whether it is implementing a health and safety software, whether it's just implementing a better process, we try to think of who is going to be using it, who's going to be really involved. And we missed the mark on thinking that there should could be somebody that could actually be a better champion for that. And they need to be the ones managing and pushing that. Because if you can get any positive light when it comes to health and safety, whether it's a simple process, a new program, maybe it's a new little tool that can change the way somebody's done something for 40 years, if it shows improvement, it makes them uh, get quicker in some perspectives. I mean, that's a positive change. So, George, what do you think? What should we talk about on the
1: next few podcasts we have coming up? Well, I know what my favorite things are. So, so let me talk through those and then I'll let you have a couple, okay? So, so one of the most important things for me is actually people talk about lots of processes in safety. and To me, processes are, are largely irrelevant if you don't do the things you say you're going to do at, at the end of them. So what we'll do is let's, let's talk really practically about how we deal with actions, how we deal with corrective actions and tasks. Um, and then that other thing that I've already said that I'm really passionate about, which is leadership. To me, the, the starting point of anything is you've got to get your leadership really setting the tone for your organisation. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how we can encourage better behaviours from leadership that drives better performance.
0: Yeah. And I think maybe even hopefully we'll hit some overarching of of engagement of looking at some specific processes. And really, I just think we're going to let these conversations go wherever they go, because that's something we're pretty good at.
1: We'll normally have a ramble. There'll there'll be a bit of a ramble at the start. We'll we'll talk about things that have been happening and and things of interest. And, And then we'll get into the serious stuff each time. And and um, hopefully we can give you some sort of, sort of, practical tips. And also I think it's really interesting, some real life stories, uh, uh, around things that are, are happening within organizations on both sides of the pond. Okay? Exactly. Um, so I'm hoping that I've managed to fill those big boots that, that Paul, Paul left behind, and I think they're about a size 12. Okay. So I'm hoping I filled those adequately. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to many more conversations.
0: I am as well. And we're going to keep the cadence of bi-weekly. So we'll have a lot more podcasts coming your way. If you enjoyed this podcast, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Please follow and subscribe on Spotify, Apple. Uh, You can also check us out at evotix.com.
1: And if you want to really check out how follically challenged we are, you can follow us on YouTube. Okay, so you can like and subscribe on YouTube. That would be great. It would be great to talk today. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and watch each other's back.